0: Okay, turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 5, just to begin. Uh, zooming out, this is what I'd like to do today with you. You know how with your phone, uh, you zoom in and you zoom out with your map. maps, with your fingers, you zoom out and you zoom in, so... We have our Bible, and uh, yesterday I was with my brother in Utica, New York, with family members who gathered around him because he is dying, he's leaving the earth, he's uh, in hospice care, uh, in and out of consciousness. Uh, In a few days he'll be 70 years old, and... um, uh, just the meditation that we had as a family, reading scripture, talking about childhood memories, and loving him. It's amazing the bond that I have with him, even though we've lived a uh, different life, we've gone different journey. Even, he's a believer. Maybe some of you might know him. He did seven footsteps here years ago and got a Bible. And he's been very precious to us, but because of mental sickness, uh, schizophrenia, paranoia, uh, we've been estranged from him as a family. Uh, But now, after some, he's had some strokes, uh, and then um, he's uh, at the end now. And uh, love, we love him, and being with him meant a lot. But I zoomed out looking at his life from childhood. Uh, he graduated from Penn State um, yeah, and then, then started to develop mental problems and uh, lived homeless large part of his life uh, on the streets in different parts of the country, and he was, it grieved our family. It grieved my mom and dad. It um, grieved us as siblings. And uh, now he's finishing his journey. When I zoomed out, and in the Bible, like zooming out, many different scriptures came to my mind. And one of them is, um, let's look at a few of them. So I'm going to. Maybe not be preaching to you, but talking to you. So you have to pay attention because uh, uh, what we say is important and relates to the holiday incarnation of Christ. That's our theme. But behind the theme, the incarnation, is an incredible picture that I'm going to try to draw for you. Chapter 4, verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. Why were you made? What's your purpose in life? To glorify God, yeah. Uh, What's your purpose? To bring pleasure to God. Yeah, yes. Really? Yes. Did my brother bring glory to God? That's why he was made, to bring glory to God. That's why you have been made, to bring glory to God. You've been created by God in the image of God to glorify God. Yeah, but what if my life is, uh, goes bad? It still is made to the glory of God. Everything actually results in glorifying God, even the wicked, even what I'm going to share today. But I'd like you to think about what's going on in heaven today. What's the, what's the word? We see in chapter 4, 11, chapter 5, a great list of words in verse 12, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. In heaven, they're singing this. They, they see it they see it you know when you see something that you put value on it okay so glory is actually the the word in the hebrew it really means weight or you could say value glory you know when your daughter plays the violin and she's in a recital and she does very well it pleases you as a parent Wow, my daughter that's amazing which which she receives a crown of glory, because she's good in the violin, or a football player puts on the helmet and plays football and does very well. he has- a degree of honor or weight now that player you know, whatever his name is whoa wow that's he he, he does yeah, that's amazing. Or in Albert Einstein and what, how he understood reality and mathematically could prove and, and show. And, wow, well, in that field, there's that glory that goes to Albert Einstein. But many of us are just living common lives, but our life is made to glorify God. Your life is the evidence of God. When the angels look at the universe, when they look at the world God made, uh, all right. So we, I I want to. Many messages can come off of what we're saying, but I want to get to my. I want you to follow this and take our time here. What's going on in heaven is they are seeing. And there is a realization that overwhelms, that gives great pleasure that happens in heaven when you see these things. When you see it, it brings you great pleasure. When you realize God's world, God's reality, you could say, when we realize it, like, whoa, oh, praise God. Praise God, it's like, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a consequence of seeing God's world. But zoom in on uh, my brother, and, and, and he's, uh, his breathing is shallow. His body is racked with problems of all kinds, complications, his mortal body. Is sown in corruption, Zoom in on life and you can see misery, you can see pain, you can see futility, vanity. It's a waste. It means nothing. That means nothing. There's nothing here. There's no value here. there's no no weight. there's no glory. there's mud disease pain sin sin failure weirdness perversion blackness darkness okay so there you have but i want to i want to take you on a trip i want you to think with me about this zooming out because there is a day coming when there'll be thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands. Look at Revelation seven. <clears throat> it says here, "The angels stood around the throne verse 11, and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. What did they see? What did they see when they saw when they were in this, at the throne? They saw God I, I'm convinced I'm very much convinced our ha- unhappiness comes because we don't see God. Contrarily, when we see God, the happiness is overwhelming. When you see God, when you you and I, when we're able to zoom out and just see. That God has done everything perfectly. Deuteronomy 32.4 That God's ways are perfect. That God's mind is without any any complication of compromise or any lie or any unrighteousness. There's another word here that, that we're all familiar with but it's an incredibly amazing word. It's holiness. This is what we lack. That's where the misery comes. That's where the fear comes. That's where the the emptiness and the selfishness comes. It's from us and our sin. It's from our sin. That's our problem. It's our sin and our alienation from God. But I, I have a short list here of, of categories that I want to share because... For the incarnation, I want to speak about God and put three circles here and look at John 1. I want to speak about angels. I'd like to speak, say a few words about saved people. I want to say a couple things about demons. And then I want to say a couple things about the uh, unsaved people. That's our outline. All right, so how do they see things? How do these different categories see things? Let's start with God. Turn with me to John chapter 1. Uh, Yeah, good. The Trinity. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. So we have two words that are there. you have the word God and then you have the word word. But the word word is with God. With God. And is God. But he's also with God. And we read later in it, we read in this chapter in the first five verses that the word made everything, created everything that was created. And nothing was created that was not from the word. In other words, the word created everything. The word always was with God and is God. God. The Word is God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt with us, but he didn 't become flesh from the be in the, in, at the time of the first Adam he didn 't become flesh at the time of the judges or earlier Abraham or noah he didn 't become flesh at the time of David and Solomon or Isaiah, the prophet, or Malachi. He didn't become flesh until an appointed time. At a certain time. Let's turn to Galatians 4 and verse 5. I'm sorry, verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of woman made under the law. The only part I want you to notice in that verse is the fullness of the time. There was a plan. The father was the administrator. The father is the head of the son. The son has always been with the father. And from the father's bosom, the son comes. Look at John 1 Verse uh, 18, no man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. So the Father has a bosom, maybe perhaps we could say the heart of God. The heart of God, the Son, is with the Father in the bosom of the Father. And from the bosom, the Son came into this world at an appointed time. At a certain time, he was always here in the world. He appeared at different times to the Old Testament saints. But this is different. This is the the, the Son of God is born as a child, Isaiah 9, 6, at a certain time, and he's seen of angels. Let's now think about the angels here, this one. Angels, this is Job 38, 7. Turn with me there, please, to that verse. I really want the message to touch your heart and provoke you in this, this standing because it is fascinating. Chapter 38, verse 7. When the morning stars sang together. Now all the Bible teachers that I've read and the theologians that study this they are saying the morning stars are angels. And they sang together. And all the sons of God, those are the gods. That's another subject with the Elohim. You have angels in a high, high category of angels that are called gods. And they sang together and they shouted for joy. Why? They saw God create the universe. God created the universe, the vastness of it, the size of it, the the glory of God that is seen in the universe, the order of the planets, the cosmology of it, the nature of it, the laws of it, the physics of it, the nature of the planets, the solar systems, the moons around the planets and every part of it. When they saw it, it was an experience for them. And you know what it is being a human being when you have an experience. You can talk about, about a dog. You can talk about a dog, read about a dog. But when you have a dog come and lick your hand <laughs> or hug the dog or cuddle or be with the dog, that's an experience that we're made this way. And same with the angels when they saw the creation of the universe. They sang and shouted. It was an experience. And there's more to come. There were times in our Bible when we read about angels visiting men. And angels are involved in this planet. Because it says in Psalm 115 that God had made the heavens, but he made the earth for man. That's another thing. When God created man out of the dust of the ground, and you see a a man, a human being, and when you are one, and you have these questions about life, and you, you wonder, where did these questions come from? We are made in the image of God. We are made to be like an angel. That Jesus said, when you, when we go to heaven, we will not marry. We will not marry and get married in heaven, but we will be like the angels of God. We are a little lower than the angels because we have mortal bodies. That we have sinned, we have violated. We have violated the nature of holiness, the nature of humility. We have violated the nature of. As submission, we have violated the nature of trust and loyalty. We have violated the nature of holiness. And so our life becomes miserable, hard, sinful. But I want to go back to the angels for a moment. Because we read in the Gospel of Luke, In chapter 2, when the angels saw God incarnated as a baby in Bethlehem. Now, another point that's very important. The unsaved down here in this category, the last one down at the bottom, who are they? Unsaved people. They are people that don't see what we're talking about. They don't have a capacity for it. They are attached to the material or the natural world. They are very happy being living like an animal, but a sophisticated animal. Or like a a man, just simply a man living like nature. They are naturally minded. Do they believe in God? Maybe they believe in God. It may or may not. It doesn't matter much to them. Do they know God? No. Do they have the spirit of God? No. They just live their life in natural terms. You know what that is, for you have lived like that, as I have. Are they interested in the Bible? No. If they have read it, yeah, maybe, but do they understand it? No. Are they fascinated? Are they drawn to worship? Sometimes but not much. They're busy. They're busy buying and selling, marrying, getting married. They're busy to life. They're busy in religion. They're busy in life. They are natural-minded people. And their world is filled with them. They're everywhere. You know about it. You have experienced it. You know what it is. Listening to somebody like me, it means nothing. They listen to the Scripture. They're not interested. To talk about angels, they could care less. Are there angels? Maybe, maybe not. It, it, It isn't a big deal. It has very little value. What is their value? There's values in a lot of things. A policeman wears a police hat. Football player has a helmet. A woman has a pretty hat. A summer hat. A peacock is in the hat. Jewelry. Makeup, vitamins, health club, job, education, diplomas. It's a natural world. That's how the world lit, works, Pastor Shal. Don't you know that's how it goes? And if you succeed in it, that's great. And maybe and some do and some do not. And yeah, they make, people may make bad decisions and they lie down, lie down in their misery. But not everybody They lie down in their success and in their world that they have and what they believe in, and that's their world. And we say, yes, we know. But the question, if you zoom out, is, do you ever wonder what you are made for? Are you made for the glory of God? Do you ever wonder is there something more? Do you ask the question? Do you ever think about it? Do you think that perhaps there is Christ? There is a resurrection. When I am standing by the bedside of my brother, we as a family, are we? Are we? Are we asking the question? What now? What does it matter if he has done this, if he owned a motorcycle or not? If he graduated from that school or not? If he has a pile of money or not? What well, does it matter? You're dying. What's the matter? So, unsaved people live like this. And they die. And they go to hell. There's no place in the universe for them. No place before God. There's no place found for them. They have to go somewhere to live forever without God. Without grace, without God, without an answer for life. Wow. So let's go now to, we have the angels are saying to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest. And I want to make a point about that. The angels are saying, and these are my words, they're saying, it's unbelievable. We've been waiting, if you did a timeline like this, you have the creation of man, you have the Jewish people, you have the cross here. The angels are looking in, and they're observing all the time, but they're not experiencing the birth of the Christ. They have not experienced it, they do not know that. They can read in the scripture, they have insight, they are wise, but they did not know, they did not experience. They have never seen God incarnated. It has never happened until an appointed time. It happened at a certain time, and when the angels saw it, they sang. They went to the shepherds. They sang. The shepherd, the angels were given the permission: go to these poor people, go to these shepherds in the in the, out in the out in the the pasture uh, out out in the hills of Judea, and tell them Christ is born. Go and tell them. God could say to the angels, you go, go tell them and sing about it and declare it. And they told the shepherds. You know, I like to think that the angels are, they are, they are, again, the happiness level goes like, what? That God is so humble that we are so fascinated. We're going to watch this baby all his life. Our eyes will be on him, we'll be watching him in his humility, we'll be watching him in his ministry, we'll be watching him in his quiet years as he's a humble man walking in submission to the Father. The Father sent him, and he's always doing his father's pleasure in John five nineteen and five thirty. The angels Are learning. It's another thing in zooming out. There's a learning. There's a learning. And for the believer, the the saved, that's another category here that I want to share here. This number, this one, saved people, you and I. Are you learning? Are you learning? Are you watching? Are you learning? Come unto me, all ye that live. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly. Uh, somebody said that's the only time Jesus ever described himself. He didn't say, I am the Messiah. I am strong. I am wise and powerful. I am great. He didn't. He said, I am meek and lowly. He did also say, didn't, what else did he say? A uh, uh, wiser than Solomon is here. I am meek, I am lowly, I am wise. Learn of me. Martha, Martha, you are cumbered about with many things. Mary has chosen the good thing. She's sitting at my feet, learning of me. Are you learning anything? How about the experience of a dog, right? But have you had the experience of a failure? Yeah, I failed. I have sinned. I fell down seven times. What have you learned? I have learned to get up. I have learned to continue on. I have learned to believe in the God of all grace. I have learned to listen to Jesus. I have learned to be loved by Jesus. I am learning to live by faith. I am learning humility by the things that we suffer. I am learning to be in the body of Christ. I'm learning to have brothers and sisters that encourage me and build me up in the faith. I'm not alone. I'm learning to live by faith, from faith to faith. Are you learning? Yes, you are. Here's the point. I believe that the angels were learning. And when they saw Jesus born that day, I believe they learned something, this one. When he was born in Bethlehem on that day, the angels learn something. And it goes like this, something like this. I can't believe it. We have known God in heaven, but we have never known God like this. God, you, can, you, can, you are like this. God would say, I am weak, but I become weak so I can minister to the weak. I am. I look like a fool, but I can do that because I'm not a fool. I look like one, but I am not. I am very wise. I look weak, but I'm very strong. I made the universe by saying the word. The angels are learning. They're learning that. They've never seen that. They're learning that. And when Christ, you know, when he is hanging on a cross, and he said to Pilate before he was there, I could call 10,000 angels, they would come to me. God's angels, I think, John one fifty one. he said to Nathan, Nathaniel, all right, you will see angels coming and going on the Son of Man, and I, I would like to think that the angels were all over Jesus in his life. They were with him in the temptation. We read that they ministered to him in Mark chapter one. They were with him in Gethsemane and they strengthened him in Gethsemane. They're all over him in, the, in that sense. They are learning. They are fascinated. They are intrigued. They are worshiping. And there'll be a day when it comes more and more clear when we will be before the we will be before the throne. And it could be said like this. Where did these come from? It actually is said there, John, Revelation 7. Where did these go? Oh, those are those that, they are those that came out of great tribulation and they washed their garments in the blood of the Lamb. And the angel would say, they, were, they are learning about redemption. First Peter 1, verse 12. They desire to look into what we are preaching about today. They are so are you learning. We are learning too. We are learning about it. We are learning. We are believing. I want to say, don't get discouraged. I keep going. Walk by faith. You minister to me sometime when, when I thought about as a young believer, I'm at step 87 in my faith. I fall away. I get discouraged. And, oh, I got to start over again. And then the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you don't ever start over again. Step number one, you just get back in the game. You're at step 88. Your, your failure, your disappointment, your discouragement is part of your story. That that happens to you. But you live by faith. You overcome the devil by faith. You continue on in your life by faith. And you are glorifying God by manifesting not a perfect life that you live, but a life that you live by faith. Noah lived by faith, built an ark, got drunk later, was restored, and kept going in his walk of faith as a pilgrim. Okay, finishing up here. It says, I've got the saved. And that's a big one. Then we go to the demons. What are the demons thinking? Turn to James 2, verse 19. The demons, who are the demons? They are fallen angels. Where did the fallen angels come from? They came from heaven. They were in heaven. And Satan, who was called Lucifer, was the chief. And he, uh, he, iniquity was found in him. Where did it come from? It's a mystery. Where did it come from? How could you be in heaven and iniquity be found in you? How could you live in, God, in God's world, in a perfect world, where there is no lie, there's no deceit, betrayal, there's no hatred in that, in that sense? There, there's, there's a perfect hatred, but perfect love, perfect hatred in Psalm 139. And where where did it come from? It came from within his own being, and he became uh, Satan. He deceived a third of the angels, and they fell. And it looks like God cast them here to this planet Earth, where God had made man. God made man. And when did Lucifer fall, we don't know. But this world became evil. But man is here. Yeah, man was made so that that the devil would be put under his feet and God would overcome the devil by using the dust of the ground. It's kind of humiliating to the devil that that would be the case. But the devil rallied and deceived man, caused tempted him and caused him to sin. And man fell into a curse and the curse of death. And I see that with my brother, the curse of death. We die in humiliation. We die in shame. We're buried in corruption. And everything about us and in our family, everything about us is saying, No, no, that that, that we're not made to die. No, we're not made to die. This should not be happening. Uh, something higher should be happening, like no death, no disease, no fear, no sin, no life. Something higher, glorious, for God made us not to die, he made us to live and enjoy him. It should be greater pleasure, greater happiness. It should be God showing us awesome and great things. That's what we're made for. The demons would say, these are my words now, but they're very attuned to the spiritual world. They know about it. They have seen God. Angels see the face of God. These demons have seen God. God made them. These demons saw God make the universe before they fell. They saw. These demons are privy, they're in tune, they realize there is heaven and they also realize there is hell. They know about hell. Mark 5, Luke chapter 8, the demons in the man cried out. They said, do, do not cast us into hell before our time. Before your time? Yes, before our time. We know that it will come. But we don't want to go. We don't want to go. The demons, they know. God exists, they know heaven exists, they know hell exists, and they know what they can do in this world. They know that they know what they can do with fallen man. They know they can drive him insane. I saw a video of a man, he was he was he, he was suicidal. And he videoed, or the police did, or I don't remember, the helicopter videoed the man. he drove to like a wilderness area, got out, and he was frantic looking this way. And then he took a gun and he, he killed himself. He was driven. I would say he was driven by demons to murder, to destroy, to tear our life apart. To bring him to a place of insanity, to bring him a place to misery, of vanity, and nowhere to turn, trapped. That's demonic. That's the world that we live in. Though many of us by God's grace and many of the unsaved people by God's grace may not have that happening, but rest assured. If I am not if I am not waking up if I am not realizing that life is more than a paycheck or a girlfriend, if I am not realizing that my life is more than 70 years, if I am not realizing that my life is somehow I will live forever and ever and ever somewhere, if I don't wake up and realize that I need a Savior, I need something from outside of me, I need somebody from outside. And you know, in Mark chapter 1, verse 24, when the man filled with demons in the synagogue, when he saw Jesus, he ran to him, threw himself down, and he said three things. Depart from me. What do I have to do with you? Did you come to destroy me, thou holy one of Israel? Demons recognized him. They know him. They're not stupid. They know. Are they deceitful? Yes. Can you trust them? No. Are they liars? Yes. Do they murder? Yes. But are they understanding the spiritual world? They are. They are. And they are lying and doing everything to destroy the human race in large numbers. They are very active. They are principalities and powers. And when Christ was born, there was a king. His name was Herod, arrogant, tyrant, paranoid. When he heard there was a king born of the Jews, he said to the wise men, when you find him, come and tell me, and I will come and worship him. Liar. Liar. Pants on fire. (laughs) Liar. Liar. Where did Herod, what did he do after, after the wise men left? What did he go? He goes into, he goes into his back, a back room. I think it was uh, one of the Graham, Graham, not Franklin Graham, his son, or the one of the preachers said, you know, he went into the back room and he was just in a rage. Nobody is the king of the Jews except me. He's just in a rage. He's like the unsaved cannot control their appetite. The unsaved cannot control. They are not civil in many cases. They are empowered. They are demonized. If you found out what they really think, it's shocking. If you realize what they will do, how they will run over you like with a bulldozer, they will rip your life apart if it has anything to do with their ego. Or their future or their security. And this man says, No, kill all the children when he when he realized he was not they did not come back to see. Kill all the children from two years and younger. You know how it is? The demonized world that we live in, but fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good will to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock, Luke twelve, verse twenty that this ministry of that God has given to you and me is greater than he that is in the world. That's why they ridicule Christians. That's why they will target us. That's why they will lie about us. That's why they will do what they can. It has not changed. This demonic world knows the Holy One of Israel. And by the way, I think they know Greater Grace World Outreach and a local Baptist or Presbyterian church or wherever there are born-again Christians that mean business with God, that you put your life on, you say, Jesus, take my life, that demons are aware of what spirit we are of, and they realize that all we have to do is resist them and they will flee from us, that we have the authority over them, that we've been given Christ to live in an evil world, We've been given Christ to think with Christ, pray with Christ, believe with Christ, worship Christ, love Christ, make decisions with Christ. We are not of the world, we are of God. And we are in the world for a short time 70 years, perhaps. And then it's over. I wanted you to think with me. Zoom out. When you stand by somebody at the bedside, their deathbed, zoom out and realize, no, it's not over. It's only starting. Like you have a lot ahead of you, millions and billions of years. And it will be pleasure after pleasure and realization. What is the greatest pleasure? It is to recognize what he has done and to bow before him and recognize that value. It's like, I don't know how to say it in human terms, but when your daughter plays the violin well, it's pleasurable. When your NFL football team wins a championship, maybe that's something you really enjoy. Maybe when you make a chair or piece of furniture, or you have a mathematical thing that proves to be correct, and you have that skill, or you're a carpenter and you're able to do something really nice, or you're a poet, or there's something that happens. You know that God made you, that you're able to do what you do by the grace and the, and it's to the glory of, and you enjoy that. When we realize that God became a man to save us, that's huge. And the angels are amazed by it. The demons tremble. It says here, James 2, verse 19, and I'll finish. It says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. And I know that's a a lot in that verse, but I want to just emphasize the word tremble. The devils believe. They have been there, they've been in heaven, they know it, they've seen God, they believe in God, No, nothing, but they tremble at what's coming. They tremble, they know, but they have no way out, they have no salvation, they cannot change. Even if they were offered it, they would not take it. They they are altogether evil and wicked. They could not be saved. If they could be, they would be. God would save them if it could happen. It cannot happen. And by the way, an unsaved man, when he passes into eternity, it's over. He cannot be saved. It cannot be reversed. There is no Purgatory. That would take a person from a neutral state or some state of partial sinfulness and bring them to heaven. You are born again and your sin is gone and taken care of forever. There is no purgatory. There is only heaven and there is hell. And the unsaved, once they pass out of time... Into eternity it is over. There is no reversing. Him that is filthy still, he is filthy still. He that is righteous is righteous still. It means you pass the time when a change could happen. There is no more time for that. You are lost. You become altogether who you are as a sinner. You die in your sin, and you're in that state forever. And ever and ever without God, without Christ. So we are burdened for that. We are comforted that my brother is with the is going to be with the Lord and mom and dad. We said that a few times yesterday. You're gonna to go to be with mom and dad and with Jesus. Who can say these things? Only this book can say those things, right? Only how, how do we understand who can say these things? It's the gospel. How did it happen? God did it by his great grace. What does it mean for us? We are living here. And with simple words of love and connection with people and caring and listening, we're able to share the message of God's love with people. So let's hope that as long as we are on the earth, that we will be able to share our faith and lead others to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, who came. It's unbelievable that he came. <laughs> I'm, I'm He came. It's unbelievable. Wait a minute. He came. It's strange. It's so strange. But then when I look at an octopus, I go, that is weird. (laughs) That is so strange. Then you look over here at a bacteria or you look at a whale. And you look, you know, a blue whale is the size of the length of this room, with the heart is the size of a Volkswagen car. That's the largest mammal on the earth. The heart is the size of a Volkswagen. The arteries a man could fit into the major arteries of a blue whale. Is that strange? To me, it is. It's incredible. The science, the anatomies, the biology, the chemistry, the physics, the universe is filled with wonders. Is it any wonder that God who made it would be so humble and loving that he would care about us, his creatures made in his image, who are not holy, that would go to hell with the demons, that we would go with the rebellious, the iniquity, The hatred that we would carry that we would be with the demons and God saying Yes they would go there, but no I will save them. I will save them. I will take my their sin on my body. I will save them. And the angels wondering how can that happen? The blood of animals cannot do it. The sacrifices of Israel cannot do it. How can it happen? God became a man to save us. And then, in saving us, we come alive. We believe it. Now we're living here. You have a message. You and I have a message. And they are going to be singing on the radio. What is it? Rock and roll around the Christmas tree, and jingle bells, and many other songs. Perry Como and I'll be late for Christmas or something. And. Uh, these songs, and then where's the song? Where's the song? I gotta tell you, finish. I was in Azerbaijan, Islamic country, two weeks ago. We were there preaching in Baku. We we're in a restaurant, and they're playing, Oh Holy Night. There's a big Christmas tree in the square. We're thinking this is, they are copying the West, kind of. It's an Islamic country, but they have a big Christmas tree and a big, and they have a big uh, market and then they're playing uh O Holy Night and uh, uh beautiful hymns, uh, uh, Silent Night, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And I'm thinking, do they know what these songs are saying? Do they know that we are worshiping Christ? That we are believing God was incarnated? Do they realize it? And I think they don't. And it's just like in our country. Let's help them find Amen. Jesus. Amen.. Amen. <clears throat> Lord Jesus in the hearts here in the auditorium online, all the hearts. There you would search our hearts that we anticipate the great joy one day seeing you. The great joy in this life of knowing you and walking with you like Colby Westera, who is with you today. Many of our sisters and brothers that have passed on, they would not want to come back here They don't want to be in demonic territory ever again. They don't want to have a temptation of of fear or or sin or all those things. They are enjoying more and more your wonder. Maybe somebody listening hasn't started your journey, your walk of faith, and today's the day. Open your heart and say to Jesus, I need you. I accept your love for me, God. I need you, save me. In Jesus' name, amen. The answer to you is, for you, if you said that prayer, is that he has saved you. He has saved you, it's that simple. By his grace, walk by faith in him. Talk to him. He is your God, your heavenly father. If you have believed in him and trusted in him, once, just put your trust in him and talk to him, and you'll grow and learn, and learn of him. And you'll turn away from the bad stuff in your life. Honestly, it will fall away. you turn away, I don't need that thing. I don't need that thing. That's, that's over. I'm not doing that. That's where I dropped that thing. I'm going walk by faith in him, and you will learn of him. Amen.